Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one and all to Movie Mastery. It's another in theaters now because the movie came out right after we finished the last one. And we were pretty confident in terms of what it was going to be. Yeah, uh, we are doing The Dark Tower this week. I am John, a host that is also a host, Jeff. Hello. We happen to be doing this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was the Dark Tower got the most votes. Uh, going into the weekend, it had like sixty percent of the votes on the site. So yeah, out of five, so it was holding a ma- majority and a plurality. <laughs> it was doing fine. Yeah, so we were we were very confident that that was going to win. So we went ahead and saw that this weekend, and uh, we are here to report on that for you, so you know. Now going into this. Uh, Jeff has not read any of the Dark Tower novels at all. In in fact, I have read very little Stephen King. Yeah, and I have read all the Dark Tower series. I've also read a fairly decent amount of King in general, uh, and I uh, I am a big fan of the Dark Tower. So I've got uh, a lot going on there, whereas Jeff's knowledge is a little less. So at least with this, you're going to get the... Uh, both sides to our review you're gonna get someone who knows all about the series and is very into it and their opinion on it and then we'll get jeff and his idiot dumbass take i have read from a buick eight <laughs> and that's it when it comes to stephen king novels how really yeah no that, really I, I i thought about that the other day when i before we went and saw this i was like have i have i read any of the novels that you know the famous ones have i read shawshank redemption or shining or any of that no I've, i have not i have very i've read like 15 Michael Crichton novels, and I've, I've read <laughs> no, no Stephen King. Man, that's real sad. <laughs> I mean, I've read from... Here's my full list of, of, you ready for Stephen King novels that I've read. Yeah. From a Buick 8, uh, Pelican Brief, uh, Jurassic Park. Why would you read Pelican Brief and Jurassic Park is not Stephen King? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I thought those were Stephen King novels. I thought he was so prolific that, that he just wrote all the novels. Oh, yeah. Was no. that not well, the case? Maybe, maybe you were thinking of uh, of the Andromeda Strain by Stephen King. I, I was thinking of Stephen King's Andromeda Strain, uh, Cryptonomicon, Goosebumps Volumes 1 through 26. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of uh, Say Cheese and Die by uh, R.L. King. <laughs> by, and the R stands for Steve. <laughs> yeah. steve Wait, is it? <laughs> such a Steve King, right? He'd probably get Stevie mad. Stevie King. <laughs> Hey, hey, Stevie King. I don't know much about Stephen King. I really don't, but I do know it's Stephen. All, all I know about Stephen King, I learned from the episode of Quantum Leap, where he leaps into a horror writer and Stephen King is his little friend. <laughs> I don't know anything. I I know enough to know that I'm grumpy about The Shining because I want because it doesn't seem like it's a very good adaptation of a book I never read. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a phenomenal movie. The Shining is a great film. But it seems as though it's missing huge chunks of the book that would make it make sense. Well, yeah, that's because Kubrick really went for a style over the story of The Shining. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, the normal story being very different from the actual story, because in the actual story, like, the, uh, the dad isn't a huge dickbag, like... Kubrick went in and was like, oh, yeah, we're making this character just Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I was wondering if that happened before or after he cast Jack Nicholson and was like, oh, shit, I've cast a huge asshole. Better rewrite this a bit to make sense for him. Oh, yeah, no, it's like in the movie going in, Jack Torrance is like straight up 
just a dick to his family and he's all worried about his career and everything. Whereas the, the book is more about this like slow descent from a guy who's an actual good father into being like pushed crazy by this, uh, hotel. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't, like I said, I haven't read any Stephen King, but I don't really associate him with writing main characters that are jerks. No. He seems to mostly write people who are reliving the glory days of high school, uh, magic retarded people. Yep. Uh, let's see, people who are somehow from the past, or at least of the past in terms of the way that they act, mm. and uh, well-meaning small town sheriffs. <laughs> the Well, the big thing with Stephen King, a lot of Stephen King is... Uh, 50s and 60s rock and roll okay. is very influential in a lot of his stuff. I mean, especially when you look into things like uh, It or Christine, things like that. Stand By Me. Uh, a lot of it is, music is very heavily influential to his stuff. Uh, and of course, his own uh, struggles with substance abuse and things like that. Please tell me Stand By Me is actually Stephen King. <laughs> I, 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 I am not sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, thank God. I was going to say, it's got to be the most af- associated with 50s music out of all of the junk he's done, right? I mean, it's called Stand By Me. <laughs> it doesn't predate the song, does it? No. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. Thanks. That's, no. So that's, I, that is that is a big thing for King. Uh, and let's, <laughs> I mean, now that we're done talking about just King, the Dark Tower movie itself. Oh, you could pass on this. I mean, I actually kind of enjoyed it, but that's because I didn't know all the huge amounts of things I was apparently missing. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I did like it. It's it's very short, as I'm sure anyone who's interested in it has heard the fact that it's like an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's less than 90 before the, the credits hit. It is, uh, it is a rush job. Yeah, you can definitely tell the third act feels like they just went, all right, let's hit these points and just go. Yeah, just get through these things. Like the big fight with, with Jackie Earl Haley towards the end of it. Don't worry, he's a minor character. I'm spoiling nothing. Uh it's like he comes out and he goes, "I'm the bad, I'm the lesser bad guy." Bah! Oh, never mind, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the movie, if it's got a weakness that uh, really shows for someone who's into the books, it's that they don't really get into any of the uh, other stuff in the novels. Like the movie is just very surface level, and it's very from Jake's point of view rather than Roland's. It's kind of like. To me, I, I get the impression that this would be like reading or trying to determine what the whole Vampire Chronicles are like in Anne Rice books after only reading in, uh, Interview with the Vampire. Because <laughs> it's done from like Louis' point of view, a minor shitty character that no one likes, and then every other book is about Lestat and a huge world of crazy vampires. But if you've just read Interview, you're like, oh, it's a world of like whiny French vampires, and, <laughs> and that's, that's all it is, right? Yeah, uh, of course that is. Yeah. So... uh I'm going to go ahead and say it's it's worth a view in theaters if you're into the series just because it's got a lot of uh, not only Dark Tower Easter eggs, a lot of just King Easter eggs in general, but uh, it's, it's worth a view if you can get into like a matinee. Uh, definitely don't really need to see it in like 3D if they've got it in 3D anywhere. I don't think that it's a 3D film. Yeah. And it certainly, it would not make a difference if it was. It's, it's, uh... The few acts of special effects that happen in this thing are very low budgety. Kind of oh, there's a there's a creepy mist around. Well, yeah, that, I mean that's that's very Stephen King stuff. Yeah, so because there's a monster in the middle of it. There's maybe one or two monsters they have to fight, and the monsters are just like 
you know, a man-sized tentacly thing. Or sp- yeah, they're 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 generic fantasy monster. Yeah, but you don't get to see them real good. No. So uh, that's that's me, the non-spoiler uh, take on it. And now for the spoiler take on it from Jeff. Um, <laughs> if you guessed that uh, the the good guy would win at the end of it, then uh, you were right. The end. Oh no! You ruined the movie. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so okay, you want to get into the actual review? Yeah, we will be right back with our full spoiler review for The Dark Tower right after this. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang bang, he shot me down. Bang bang, I hit the ground. Bang bang, that awful sound. Bang, bang, my baby shot me down. And we are back. It is time for all of those sweet, sweet, juicy spoilers. I have no idea what is or isn't a spoiler in this movie. Uh, Most of it is. I'll go ahead and start out with... Yeah, let's just go deep into the nerd stuff, please. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really dig... Into the the nerdery of the Dark Tower for this yeah. at certain points. I'll start out by saying uh, this is not a book adaptation movie. This is a movie that is basically you could see it as a sequel to the book series. Uh, in at the would you say it's like the 2009 Star Trek of Star Trek movies? Where it's technically the same universe, but it's like a whole new cast and it's a hot new dynamic. Yeah, in that it's like, oh, we went back in time to where it was, but now we've like changed the timeline. Yes. Okay. So uh, that, that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. One of the big things for anyone who has read the Dark Tower series, uh, when we first see Roland, he has the Horn of Eld in his pack, which is a big uh, thing for the Dark Tower series because that means it's a different level of the tower it's a different go round in this timeline oh because he doesn't normally have it at the beginning of the story yeah uh the the whole normally he gets it on level six after he defeats the ice mushrooms yeah <laughs> normally I, he I, does I, not have it this early <laughs> i'm just gonna make up continuity for this storyline no the, the whole thing with the horn of eld is uh he lost it at we see in the movie the battle where his dad dies uh-huh uh normally in that battle his uh, his friend is blowing the horn to rally the troops and dies and loses the horn, and he never goes back for it. Okay. Uh, in this time around, he has the horn, and it's supposed to symbolize basically Roland's journey of uh, being redeem- like redeemed. It's his journey of redemption. And so getting the horn and like being more, uh, I guess, like caring... And actually giving a shit about his friends and going back for the horn and caring about being a gunslinger more is a thing on this one. Okay, I can see where they would have had to make those changes because he would not have been a good protagonist if he just sort of stomped forward. Well, yeah, the the first book in the Dark Tower series, just the gunslinger, is very much Roland just going around being angry and murdering people and he meets Jake very briefly, but lets him die. Okay. Uh, because it would stop him from following the man in black if he were to like go back to save him. All right. So in this one, the fact that he actually meets Jake 
earlier and develops a bond with him and there isn't that moment where he lets him die also. Well, it could still happen. I mean, the next movie could be straight up like Jake dies in the first five minutes. Well, yeah. The I mean, the big thing from that is it was the line, uh, go then there are other worlds than these is what Jake says before he dies. Right. And so there are other worlds than these is sort of the the crux of what happens with the rest of the books. Because uh, they sort of go to like a whole bunch of different Stephen King universes and... Yeah, I remember that. that. That's when you have to take, uh, he has to take Donald and Goofy on several of his adventures. Oh, yeah. He, so he yeah. shows up, and uh, then Roland turns into a lion, and he's got to help the Lion King. And yeah, he's that's got right. Donald and Goofy. He has to fight with his gun in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's one he, of my favorite parts of it. He who, he who shoots his gun with his mouth has forgotten the face of his father. Oh, my God. I don't know what that means. And they say it like four times in this movie. They uh, just keep saying it. They start with hit. I think it starts, it's like the thing that they say over the beginning, like the the beginning of Lord of the Rings, where they're like, and a great shadow fell. And in this one, instead, it's just, he who shoots with his hands has forgotten the face of his father. I shoot with my feet. I. I? I shoot with my, no, because I think that's backwards. No, it's, 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 shooting with your hands is bad. Shooting with your eye is good. Yeah. Uh, what else is bad and good? It's, uh, uh, it's you don't uh, kill with your gun, you kill with your heart, and... You don't uh, aim with your hand, you aim with your mind or something. Or you aim with your eye, you shoot with your mind, you kill with your heart. Or you've forgotten the face of your father, which I assume is something to do with lineage and respect. Uh, Yeah, there's a big thing in the books is, like, forgetting the face of your father is a, you've forgotten how to be, like, not just a man, but you've forgotten how to be someone that does the right thing and you've forgotten the lessons you should learn in life okay and there's even like one of the main characters never knew his father and he's like dude i i can't remember the face of my father i never knew my dad and he's like no it's not about your literal father <laughs> so basically it's like if you fall into total wantonness and corruption you've forgotten the face of your father because you've forgotten the yeah. teachings of your childhood and you're just in, sort of you don't give a shit now in the same way that someone would like in a comic book when they're possessed they're like remember who you are <laughs> it's it's one of Simba. those things <laughs> so it, it's just like remember the face of your father remember like how to be a good person yeah because it it was the only part of this movie that i like really truly loved was the, the little bit, which I'm sure is going to be hated by actual Stephen King fans, <laughs> which is the part where Roland DeShane goes to the hospital and then oh, yeah. and then rides the bus. And he's just like, here is a silver coin for your services, Dr. Keep. And then he gets on the bus and two hookers, like I guess just you know bus-adjacent hookers, are like, hey, buddy, you want some hookers? And he's like, you've forgotten the faces of your fathers. <laughs> and I was like, I like this guy. I like this little fish-out-of-water goofy stuff is actually kind of good here. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you do get that. In the, I think the second book mm-hmm. is when he tries to find the other characters. He does go to regular Earth, and him finding people, he's like, "I have no idea what's going on. This is weird." And he's just a total fish out of water. There was a little too much of it. There was a point where he was where he asked what a hot dog was, and he was told it was a hot dog, and he was like, "Savages, what breed?" It's <laughs> like that's a little much. Uh, you can taste it and realize it's cow pretty fast, buddy. <laughs> No, you can't. <laughs> That's true. Probably dog. <laughs> Probably some kind of meat. <laughs> what do they call sausages on his planet, I wonder? Sausages? Uh, sausages. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't get to dog. No. They didn't figure that part out. No. So, uh, <laughs> let's actually get into the plot of this movie. Oh, sure. Okay. So, the the movie really centers very heavily on 
Uh, Jake in this one, as I had mentioned before, it's very much from his point of view uh, rather than the gunslingers. But yeah, you can tell that at one point in the development cycle, this was being pitched as a young adult thing. Yeah, this this feels very much like they were like, no, uh, the the audiences these days, we want them to have someone to identify with, and it's real hard to identify with Roland. So they were like, whatever, we'll go with Jake. Yeah. And Jake's a little kid. He lives in New York. and he loves his mommy very much. Yeah, he's young Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> he's Jake Lloyd. and <laughs> That would have been great. Jake Lloyd these days has a mustache. Like, like it should be an illegal mustache. Oh, yeah. Jake Lloyd is has a mustache that goes along with his rap sheet. <laughs> Jake Lloyd nowadays looks like he's going to try and sell you some kind of drug you've never heard of. <laughs> He'll be like, hey, man, you want to try some white light? And hey, like, man, you want to try some spin master you're like that sounds like a made-up stupid drug from a tv show oh no man it's oh it's gonna, the hottest thing it's gonna take you places you've <laughs> never been you want to try some fallen angel what <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> fallen angel a drug jake lloyd wants to sell you <laughs> uh so the first thing we get though is a a little scene of some kids that are playing and it's then reveal that they're town. in like a facility and like some people have their little wristwatches beep and they got to go into a facility and strapped into a machine that blasts a laser at the dark tower. Yeah, it's got like a Logan's Run vibe to it. There's like a it's all kids and then all the watchers are like creepy. Like you can see they have like seams in their skin and yeah, it's it's very like uh you know you're expecting one of these watchers to be like sugar and water. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it they uh, they all look like they're very clearly wearing human suits and. When the, when the kids whose watches beep go off, everyone else like steps away from them and kind of shuns them a little bit. And then they get strapped into machines and they scream and energy comes out of their heads and blasts at the Dark Tower. Yeah. And then uh, you get earthquakes and that's when Jake wakes up and we get our first beginning little storyline is about Jake and what's going on with him. Yeah. And he is dreaming about the Dark Tower. Yeah. He's got a bunch of pictures that he's drawn all over his wall. Uh, that you will, if you've read the books, recognizes a lot of different things from there. Uh, he's got a bunch of pictures of the Dark Tower itself. The wheel. Uh, he's got the uh, the man in black, or Walter, or Flag, or whatever. He's just Walter in this. Yeah, they never... Walter Patty. Yeah, they never mention... Uh, he is supposed to be, like, sort of a big bad in a bunch of different King stories, mm -hmm. is the man in black. So he's Randall Flagg from The Stand, mm -hmm. and uh, he's in a couple other ones. He's in Insomnia. I think he was Cujo. Yeah, he was, he's Cujo. He really wants that kid. I want that kid. Hey, <laughs> give me that kid. Hey, hey. Guy, look, I folks. mean, that is actually him in this movie. He is walking around like, hey, I want that kid. Hey, give me that kid. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got this rabies. I don't really... I, I'm, I'll be nice. It's okay. You can open the door. I, 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 give me the kid. Give me the kid. This is uh, an excerpt from our YouTube video we want to make called Cujo, But He Can Talk. Cujo, But He Can Talk. It's Cujo in a Disney universe where animals can talk. <laughs> it's the exact same movie, except the dog can talk now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, the uh, his parents, well, his mom and stepfather. Yeah, Lon. Because it, his dad is dead and died in a fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, are concerned about him because he's having these weird nightmares and he's like saying that all this stuff is real and he's just having a hard time uh so he's, he's eh. and so they schedule him a visit to go see dr nutty old monk 
Yeah. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub is in this movie as his that's doctor. That's not Tony Shalhoub. That's not? Who is no, that? No. That's some other guy. That is not Tony Shalhoub. I'm sorry. I thought it was Tony Shalhoub. It's a Tony Shalhoub-esque doctor. <laughs> Similar but not distinct. Similar but distinct from Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, they send him to a Shalhoubery, and uh, he he goes and sees his shrink after he gets into a fight at school because someone wants to touch his drawings book. And oh yeah, and he it, it's nice because at least he straight up beats up the kid. He's like, "Don't you fucking touch my book!" and clocks the kid and just beats the crap out of him. Yeah, which is good because he's supposed to become like a gunslinger in the series. So the fact that he's not. Like, ah, I'm useless. I'm a little kid in most of these stories is good. He's yeah. like, no, fuck you. I'm straight up competent. Yeah, absolutely. He is, uh, he's competent. He's very convinced of himself. There's no point where he's like, maybe I am dreaming. Yeah. Oh, also earthquakes are happening and they're, and they're happening fast. Yeah. Because and, of and old women are coming and they're going <laughs> to, and they're going to cross attack the earthquakes. <laughs> There's giant cats. <laughs> It's going to take two brothers. <laughs> it's just uh, called Two Brothers. <laughs> this movie's called Two Brothers. <laughs> no, it's uh it, there's earthquakes happening every time the Dark Tower takes a, a child a brain cannon blast. Yeah. So, uh we get our first real Stephen King Easter egg in this scene in that when the earthquake happens, the uh, therapist reaches out to his desk, and on his desk is a picture of the Overlook Hotel. Mm-hmm. So you get a little shining reference there. Yeah, uh, I think right after that, we're going to get a scene of him sitting around in his room with like his friend, and uh, he'll be playing with the car from Christine. Yeah. Uh, also in the uh, room with the uh, the therapist is a lot of what's coming books in the background. Mm-hmm. There's a book on kidnapping, a book on running away, it's a book on violence, and you're like, oh, look, it's the plot in the background on your psychiatry <laughs> books. That's pretty good, not Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> good for you. I'm be so disappointed when that was Tony Shalhoub. Who's the star of Monk? Tony Shalhoub. It was him. No, it wasn't. Oh, that's driving me. It's, it was so Tony Shalhoub-y. <laughs> he was very Tony Shalhoub'd up. I'm just saying. He was He was very Shalhoubery. Yeah. Fine. He was he was definitely a forgotten vampire, the masquerade clan, the <laughs> Shalubri. You know what? I'm just going to call him Tony Shalub. I don't care if he's not. <laughs> it's he's, fine. He's only he, in this scene. I, I know. I'm like, it, it's not like he comes back. <laughs> so anyway, the the boy goes back to his parents' house, and uh, they're like, "Hey, we heard you got in a fight at school. We want to send you to a special facility upstate for boys like you." Oh, and on the walk back, he he sees a Cujo. Yeah. The, he definitely sees a Cujo. It's a mom and a small son walking a St. Bernard, and you're like, ah, Cujo. <laughs> also, he sees a dude whose face is all messed up. Yeah, so he he starts to see the people from his dreams, and... Oh, and he gets warned by a homeless guy. Yeah, a homeless walk. guy's like, yeah, you gotta watch out, they're, they're taking kids. Spur some change. Kids just like you. Kids just like you, Morty. Morty, they're, they're taking kids like you, Morty. <laughs> You got to put these seeds way up your butt, Morty. <laughs> way up in there. It's a Rick and Morty kind of episode. <laughs> I, so, uh, yeah. So uh, the the next thing that happens is he actually has a dream about our our gunslinger, our Idris Elba hero. Yeah, and he is hanging out with his dad, and the two of them are reciting the gunslinger's oath to each other for the second time in the movie. Oh, also, when it cuts to black at this point, a woman's voice does pop up, and she says the first line from the book. 
Yeah, the, just to, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. Which was hilarious because that's the only time anything like that happens in this movie. It's completely incongruous. I don't even know who that woman is, like yeah. what voice that is the, coming the from. The kid falls asleep and then a woman who I swear sounds exactly like the people, uh, Kate Blanchett introducing Lord of the Rings, just kind of goes, and, a, and the uh, man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger pursued with a hobbit, the most unlikely of creatures. <laughs> That's that's the sort of thing that was happening. was like, what is this? What that is right there, by the way, John, is that this movie is 88 minutes long. Yeah. That's what that is. They're like, you know what? Uh, fuck it. Just just put it in in voiceover. We'll fucking figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, Roland and his dad hanging out, uh, and then Walter just starts fucking with them. So that's why they're doing the reciting of the creed, because it is supposed to center you and keep you calm. And Oh, well, anyway, Walter pops in and it's just like, Gets his gets uh Roland's dad in his sights and just goes stop breathing and he does and he does that's and- it's the great thing about uh having Walter or the Man in Black or whatever as your villain is he's just like nah dude I don't care I am ridiculously powerful yeah I am a straight up wizard he's some kind of god or something right he's not just a wizard he he is magic okay he's just magic but he's magic in the way that like the magic man from Adventure Time is magic. Where he's just like, I have all the powers. I have every power ever, and don't worry about it. Yeah, he's he is just uh, imbued with power from the Crimson King, who we also don't learn anything about in this. There's a bunch of graffiti we find of, like, Hail the Crimson King is around, mm-hmm. uh, but we never get... How much do we learn about the Crimson King in the books? Uh, a, Quite a bit. He's sort of the devil. Uh, he wants to bring down the tower and... Uh, then usher in an age of darkness where he rules and all the, your standard super bad guy. Stuff. So is he already ruling everything outside the tower? Like everything outside the big wheel? Is that the basic idea behind him? No, the the Crimson King is actually stuck in the tower. Oh, he's in the tower. Okay. He went to the tower to try and like control it because he's like, if I control the tower, then I control all of existence. Essentially. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he he controls the tower. Yeah. Uh, and what happened is the tower is just like, whatever, I'm going to trap you on one of my levels. So he's actually sitting on a balcony on the tower and he can't leave, mm-hmm. but so, he can send out like tendrils of his power and he's and, got agents and whatnot. And the fact that he's in the tower doesn't dissuade his plans to destroy the tower because I guess it just won't hurt him if he Yeah, t- he doesn't care. He doesn't care. All right, great. So he's like invincible in there too. Yeah, he's just hanging out there trapped, but, uh... He can still do some stuff. Tower looks cool in the movie, by the way. When oh, they yeah. show it, it looks it looks neat. There's even a shot of it from above, like a cloud layer or something that looks really nice. Yeah, that's the, cool. The one issue I had is the big thing with the towers. It's supposed to be all around it is a field of roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tower and the rose is sort of the big symbology there. Okay, and you do get uh, like some graffiti pictures of roses and. Uh, you know, Jake has some pictures of roses up on his wall. Right. But we never really see it or get any significance from it. Also, not nearly enough turtles. No. Uh, we don't really get any turtle. We get, a, at the very beginning, the movie is brought to you by the Tet Corporation, which is another book thing that is funny. Yeah. See, I was expecting, because the movie is more or less about three quarters set in New York, that we'd see some Ninja Turtles. So I'm, I'm disappointed that, think that, even though it's set at ground level in New York, we don't see any Ninja Turtles. Now... I don't know why you'd want to see turtles in this. Oh, I would love to see some some Ninja Turtles in this. Yeah, because, of course, Stephen King famously wrote, uh, it was Eastman and, and King. Yeah. It's famous Ninja Turtles for uh, for Malibu Comics. Exactly. And everyone remembers that. Everybody remembers it. Yeah. I think he also wrote Cerebus, right? That's a <laughs> yeah, uh, that's big, Stephen King. That's Stephen King. He, he kind of lost his mind about women after a while. Yeah, real weird. 
Uh, but the and the Crimson King is another reference to music. Yes, of course. It so is. it's like I well, said. Well, so's the Man in Black. So yeah, there's a lot of music stuff in this as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the <laughs> the fact that it's just sort of going real quick though with this plot. Yeah, it's just zing zang zoom. Just it's like moving along. Yeah, it's. Ah, oh, Jake thinks about this, and then he goes and has a problem, and then he sees the gunslinger, and then we figure out the gunslinger's here. The scene we were talking about is pretty great, because it's the man in black walks up, kills Roland's dad by just going, stop breathing. By the way, uh, I, I really want to move along with the plot here, but Matthew McConaughey as the Crimson King is 100% man in black. Man in black. As the Man in Black, it's a hundred percent drawl powered. It's just done. It's all his his twang, southerny twang. Yes, but it works for it. Oh yeah, he does a great job. He's a very good Man in Black. He does a great job. So he just pops in, and stop breathing, and then he has to get through some plot points. So he's like, "Oh, Roland, it sure is inconvenient to me that you're immune to my powers." Doot doot doodly doot doot doo. Anyway, uh, I'll see you later after I've destroyed the Dark Tower, which will of course destroy all of life. Anyway, a good day, sir. <laughs> Goodbye. And then Roland shoots at him, and he catches the bullet and looks at it, and he's like, that, that just wanted you to know that the reason he hasn't just straight up shot me is because I can catch them bullets. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so so this it, it just zips the plot along, and then Jake wakes up, and it's time for him to go to uh, sleepaway crazy kid camp. Yep, and uh, wouldn't you know it, the, uh, the therapist and the bus driver who's coming to take him they're, they got that loose skin. Well, only the bus uh, only the uh, bus driver visibly has it, because the therapist has the long hair going on. Well, you can Would see you her think twitch they, the hand thing. Yeah, you'd think they'd insist on all of them having long hair that covers up that big, obvious seam on their faces. Or makeup. You'd, you'd like, dude, come on, man, you're a wizard. You've got access to some, like, Revlon or some shit. Just put some cover up yeah, on there. Yeah, what are you doing? Obviously, kids are going to get all paranoid, because kids keep disappearing, and they're going to do... Get your shit together. If you develop the technology to cover up your weird rat faces with human skins anyway, seal the fucking deal. <laughs> it's the devils in the details, and the man in black should know that. Yeah, it's uh, it's amusing that that is there, but whatever. Anyway, he escapes out a window, and he gets chased by the bus driver, who is not, but looks a lot like Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of, hey, aren't you? No, no, you're not. No, you sure aren't Bobby. It would be great if Bobby Moynihan had to chase him across a bunch of rooftops, but it wasn't the case. Nope, and then he wound up on Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he manages to evade these two, and then... Uh, goes to a house that he has decided from his dreams is in New York somewhere. Yeah, he right before he's like, oh, I'll go with these people and escapes. Uh, he was on a website and someone was like, yo, that house that you uh, posted a picture of, that's in Dutch Hill. That's my old stomping ground. Is Dutch Hill another reference to uh, Stephen King nonsense, or is it just that's where that... that's where that okay house is is it's, in Dutch Hill? I was I was kind of hoping he'd be like, oh, that's uh that's over on Misery Street. <laughs> Uh, you know, on the corner of Shawshank and Redemption. You know, the Green Mile. <laughs> just just stand by me. I'm going to head down onto it. <laughs> I'll tell you some tales from my Buick, eight. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, the... The house demon thing that attacks him is also in the book. Oh, good. I was going to ask if he gets attacked by the floor. The floor comes alive as a big wooden tornado, and <laughs> the floor is a demon, and he has to not touch the floor. And <laughs> yeah, the, well, the door, the the floor is all like hardwood, and it comes alive and attacks him, and it, it's just a big tornado of wooden planks, which. At some point, he just kind of defeats by I, I mean, psychicking I, at it. Yeah, they keep saying that he has the shine, 
Yeah. So does he have the shining? Yeah. Well, that's that's what the shining is about. Is a kid with the shine. Okay, so a kid. With, so for example, Danny Torrance then also has the shine. Yes, and indeed, there's. Uh, you can read all about Danny Torrance all grown up. Yeah, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. I know about Doctor Sleep. I haven't read The Shining, so I'm not about to go read Doctor Sleep. <laughs> I've heard Doctor Sleep isn't very good. Eh. <laughs> but and that it has nothing to do with The Shining, even slightly. No, it's ju- it's just fucking uh, ja- or Danny. little Danny being like, ah, fucking, I hate The Shining, bruh. <laughs> That's kind of kind of more what I expected. So he has the same superpower. He has the ability to summon a black guy to die. Yeah, that is exactly it. And then Idris Elba shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed he does. Because <laughs> see, the, again, John, I haven't read The Shining, so for me, the only thing The Shining does in the film The Shining is at one point summon that caretaker dude who gets axed in the back right away. Yeah, I but, mean, <laughs> like The Shining of uh little danny in the book is mostly him just being able to see ghosts and know what the fuck is going on in the movie the ghosts are just visible because that's scarier that way yeah and he has there's a dude who tells him you've got the shining it's an ability you have and then in the middle of the movie he uses it once to summon a guy to die and then it's he never, i mean technically in the book he does the same thing <laughs> but then he never does anything with it again and it's like you know, Kubrick, if you were going to adapt this and just drop that shit entirely, you should have finished dropping it. Yeah, look, I made a thing called The Shining. It has nothing to do with the ability of having the shine. So, meh. He could have just called I it- I just wanted to make a haunted house movie. He, he should have just called it The Overlook. <laughs> yeah. The, like, The Shining movie really is just, dude, I wanted to make a, a, a weird atmospheric haunted house movie. Yeah. Uh, I happened to- technically borrow the characters from this yeah i think most kubrick movies would would do well if he dropped the adaptation angle and just called them what what's happening in the movie instead yeah like the shining would be better if it was just called the overlook and 2001 would be better if it was called boring space baby (laughs) (laughs) and lolita Uh, would be better if it was called uh way too young for this pervert man Pervert he, man. He, he cast a little too young of an actor to play uh, Humbert and a little too old of an actor to play Lolita. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. Uh, so yeah, uh, he finds he finds a portal in uh, in in this demon house. Mm-hmm. Does Jake? And 19 is a big thing in the uh, the books. Uh, I assume it's just a big thing for Kubrick in general. Oh, not Kubrick. For uh, Stephen King in general is 19. Uh, 19 is a, a number in the Dark Tower series that is essentially a uh, things are going bad number. Like it's, oh, okay. it's basically like 13 is 19 in, in these books. Okay. It's an unlucky thing. Uh, there's a saying in the books of... Everything's gone 19 makes when sense, stuff yeah. starts going wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, it also shows up a lot in all of other Stephen King's work, like Tales from a Buick 19, uh, <laughs> The Important Room in The Shining, I believe, was Room 19. 19 Graveyard Shifts. Yeah, my favorite Stephen King novel, Under 19 Domes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, where that town is covered by 19 distinct domes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You know. You know. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm thinking about that now, and that would be a rad as fuck movie as well. Where it's like a town split into 19 rings. That would be pretty great. And and only eight Jan Michael Vincents. <laughs> god damn it. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, the 19 thing is big in there. And so, in his dream, he kept seeing the number 19. Mm-hmm. And so the destination he puts into the wall is 1919, and it takes him to Midworld. Yeah. 
Uh, so our Earth, the Middle Earth, our Earth is apparently called Keystone Earth. Yep, and uh, where Roland in is is Midworld, which is uh, the way to sort of think about it is the the world of Midworld is like super vast future version of Earth. Yeah, it's supposed to po- it's Rift's Earth without anything cool. Yeah, so you'll like Midworld has a lot of uh, old ruins that are things that you would see in modern day earth as well as tech that is way above what modern day earth has so you'll find like robots and uh like teleportation and laser guns and shit like that one of the things i really liked about this is that when the door opens and you know uh what's his name uh, tommy or whatever jake jake thank you jake throws a shoe through to verify that he can go through there uh, I, I like that when the door opens, it makes a like a straight up old school modem dial up noise. <laughs> I thought that was phenomenal because it was like old technology. It was like he was pushing huge old buttons to make the thing activate, and then it kind of goes. I was like, oh, cool! It's a modem. It's a it's like a dial up world connection. Yeah the the whole thing with Midworld is it's a very strange blend of like old and new. So you get things like gunslingers and witches and uh stuff like that but you also have like here's an entire like giant super robot and on a like a monorail and weird things Wait, there's like a that. giant super robot oh yeah don't oh, you worry that's great I'm don't glad, you fret i'm glad to learn that there's a giant super robot like i was saying it's basically riff's earth yeah i mean midworld is Straight up post-apocalypse. Yeah, it's just all the things. So some parts of the world have reverted to like, I guarantee you there's some Knights Templar kicking around somewhere because they always come crawling out of the woodwork. Nah, nah, nah. Because that's, I mean, basically <laughs> the, gun, the gunslinger is. The gunslingers were uh, the like Knights of the Round Table, essentially. Because, because yet again, there's some dialogue that poor man in black is saddled with where he has to go like, he carries the guns of Eld, formed, uh, or, uh, made from the metal of the blade of Eld, which Keystoners call Excalibur. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Man, I, I'm just sad that <laughs> fucking poor McConaughey's like, all right, give me all the exposition. Yeah, go. whatever. I'm the professional here. I can draw that shit out. <laughs> I'll make that sound interesting. Fine. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, he gets teleported to Midworld, which, you know, for, at first glance, is just a huge, vast desert where a gunslinger is crossing to pursue a man in black. Yeah. Uh, and find him. He does the man in black. Yeah. We're, for a movie that shoots along, we're taking an awful lot of time. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's because we keep fucking around. I'm talking about the actual books way too much. <laughs> so he finds the man in black. Or no, he doesn't. He finds he finds Roland, who uh, kind of doesn't like him and threatens him and tries to throw him off a cliff and, and so on until eventually he's like, okay, I kind of believe you. I, I believe that you aren't just the man in black fucking with me, yeah. so fine. Yeah, meanwhile, the man in black has now gone back to that neighborhood that he yeah that, that kids little at. uh kid experiment zone yeah which is a neat little sequence there's you, you get to meet the the human nerd who's in charge of the man in black's robot ki- or, or a kid dream laser facility and it's uh what's friends drama that guy the uh it's the guy from uh fucking uh the dollhouse he's from dollhouse and he's also from he was the nerd in the, the what you call it the, yeah, the joss whedon movie about yes, he was the nerd in uh cabin in the woods cabin in the woods he's getting a little uh, typecast between this and dollhouse isn't he he's, oh yeah he plays the i play the soft sweater wearing tech support man yeah with which, a secret evil agenda which is fine because he's rad i he, don't care he's good at it i i've got no problem at least it's actually friends drama and i'm not spotting someone else yes. oh it's almost friends dramas in this also for some reason, they set up a woman character. I don't know what that was about. They're like, "Hey, here's a lady," and 
So here he's you got, are. He has a sexy. This is the man in black. Has a sexy pop star looking one of them flesh face walker people, like an almost Cara Delevingne. <laughs> yeah, she looks like an almost Cara Delevingne. And and he's like, he goes over to compliment her, and he's like, "Hey, you look super hot." And she's like, "Sir, I'm wearing a flesh mask. I'm a rat person." And he's like, he's like, "Yeah, but pick a pretty face, and the world is your oyster." Yes, it is. <laughs> just like what I love about these rat minions. <laughs> I get older, they stay the same age. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Now, but he, like, who is this character? Does she in the book? No, as far as I know, I have no idea who the fuck this is. For a movie that had to split everything out, like just strip it all away, we're we sure are packing in a couple of extra characters for like no damn reason. Yeah, like. The fucking, the technician and her, I'm like, all right, I guess we just needed more bad guy characters. Just And they don't even, both of those characters are going to die in an explosion later at the and, same time, off nothing. screen. So it's like, why why are we doing this? But, uh, but yeah, anyway. Uh, in Midworld, we get another reference. We They go through an old, rusted out, abandoned amusement park that has pennywise uh as a thing in there yeah that's an easter egg by way of like an easter ostrich yeah because it's it lingers on that pennywise word for one i want to say is about two of this movie's 88 minutes yeah i feel like king was like yo i've also got it coming out in a couple months so if you could just linger on that for a minute <laughs> just as really, a promo really zoom in on that pennywise in fact could you play some pennywise <laughs> and, and in fact could you right under that rusted sign that says pennywise could you put coming september 8th <laughs> <laughs> Could you play a couple of Pennywise songs? Do you know any of those? No. Play the bro hymn. The uh, and that's where uh, a little tear in reality happens, and they get attacked by a weird demon thing. Yeah, it was a terror, and it has the ability to assume the faces of their fathers. Which I assume that demon's not all that dangerous if you've forgotten the face of your father. <laughs> Seems like that'd be a pretty strong defense against it. Um. But it pops up as both of their dads, and then it turns into sort of a creepy... It just looked like the monster from... Uh, wow, I, You know what? It just looked like a monster. There we go. Yeah, it was just a basically weird winged scorpion thing. Yeah. So and you never quite see it all the way on screen at any given time. But it's got stabby bits on its wings and, yeah, a, and, and a, a tail. And a huge long tail that it uses to tie up Roland while it still goes chasing the uh, the kid, the kid uh, Jack through a uh, amusement park wreckage. <laughs> Jake. Jack. Uh, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, little little Timmy, little little Tommy Pickles. Yeah, little Tommy Pickles and the Gunslinger. <laughs> if you've read my fic, <laughs> not all grown up Tommy Pickles. No, no, no. Little, little, Tommy. little little Tommy Pickles, uh, and also yeah. dotted line lass. <laughs> Specific episodes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they beat it, but. Roland gets stabbed in the shoulder and is getting poisoned by the stinger from this thing. Uh, they have to get to Keystone Earth, because that's where the man in black is, and they're chasing after him. It, this this scene, by the way, did feature one of my favorite bits of dialogue in the movie, which is uh, when when Jake says, oh, we're in an abandoned amusement park, and Roland, Roland says, uh, these are ancient ruins from before, t- before time was recorded. No one knows what they are. And Jake goes, it's an amusement park. No one knows. <laughs> I thought that was great. That was a great little bit of dialogue where he was like, man, you're you're full of bullshit. This is an amusement park. No, fuck I, you, buddy. I know. I know what this is. But yeah, they go to a little town. Yeah, they go to a town. The, is that uh, a town from the books? Uh, There are a bunch of those little like villages pop up okay. all throughout the books. That's not any specific one. That, that seer isn't like a real character or anything? No, it's sort of analogous to a town in book five because it's near a portal. Okay, well, 
Anyway, they 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 take uh Dan or God, I keep calling him Danny because of The Shining. They take Jake to see this seer, who's this uh this lady who's like, I can talk to kids who've got The Shining. Like I'm sort of psychic, but not in the way you are. Anyway, anyway, I can tell that you're telling the truth, and that Roland is the gunslinger, except he's not the gunslinger, except he is the gunslinger. Because this is the scene where there's that drama for about three minutes in the movie. Well, it's the, you were a gunslinger, but you're not, because you've abandoned your ideals, and Jake's got to remind you what it means. you got to remember the face of your father, bruh. Yeah, so, over dinner and an attack by some rat dudes, he does indeed remember that, and then he kills a dude in a cool moment where he, like, listens to everything in town. <laughs> yeah, he kills someone with his ear. Yeah, which, uh, not part of the code. It's also not against the code, though. Yeah, he doesn't kill with his, his eye, eye or his mind. Or his he- mind or anything. He's He's just using his ear. He's using his daredevil super hearing power. So he has not forgotten or remembered the face of his father. There's sort of a hazy recollection of his father is the what other, is going on. The other thing I thought was amusing is that he has two different ways to super powered speed load guns. Yes. Which he does both of them in the trailer for the movie and in the movie itself. He yep. can throw six bullets in the air and then lock his gun on, down over them. Or he can spin the barrel of his gun and then super fast put bullets in there. Yeah. So he can do both of those. He's, he's got super gun powers. Which he does in the first book. It's very much... There's a scene in the first book where he basically kills an entire village. Okay. And just the whole thing is great writing about uh, Roland just as he's reloading and shooting and doing all of these crazy nonsense gunslinger stuff. It's super rad that honestly i didn't have any problem with it i thought it was kind of a cool idea to give him some superpowers so i'm glad they were in the book uh anyway this town at great personal expense to themselves manages to successfully open a portal and send uh send jake and and roland back to keystone earth and that's where we get our fish out of water scenes him in the hospital being like oh i i'm sorry i i need to leave here is a silver piece. Yeah, where they're like, and you say you've been here for, a, or have you been out of town recently because you've been suffering from heavy radiation poisoning? And he's Jake's like, like, no. Shaking his head, no. And he's like, no, I have spent many a day here on Keystone Earth. <laughs> anyway, I need to go. Here is a silver piece for your efforts. <laughs> uh, long days and pleasant nights. Good day. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cute. Uh, over that that sequence overall. Uh, meanwhile, the man in black is stalking around. He stalks to to uh, Jake's family and kills them off. Yeah, he just murders everybody. Uh, and then he also goes to that village and kills them off. Yeah, he's a huge dick. He's just stalking around everywhere he goes. He has this same habit of just sort of like everyone in here, shut up. Now I'm going to monologue for a bit. Then I'm going to tell you to stop breathing. All right, here we go. Yeah, no, his his ability to just be like. And I'm in a place, everybody, uh, I'm going to magic you to be quiet, I'm going to say my piece, I'm going to kill that dude, and I'm out. Yeah. Like, the the two minions that failed to get Jake when he ran away from them, he gets all the information from them and is like, alright, awesome, uh, thank you for the information, you two fight to the death, and then everyone around them starts freaking out, and he's like, everybody calm down, enjoy the show. Yeah. And they do. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> that was a great scene. Also the scene where he's walking by some random kid in like Central Park, and he just goes, hate yeah because the kid's like super excited and talking to her mom about her day he's like oh we did this and it was great i got whatever and he's just like hate and then she just turns around and has like fucking i'm gonna kill you look in her eye it's great it was a great little moment uh so overall he plays a great terrifying character all the way through this yeah uh anyway we gotta we gotta zip this along uh they go to oh one more thing he also has a a nest of rat people in New York which straight up just looks like an army of blade ready vampires. 
which is what they were supposed to be. Okay. Uh, in the books, that restaurant thing exists. Uh-huh. Uh, the meat that they are cooking is long pork. Ah, uh, okay, so human, sure. Uh, and they're vampires. They are actual, from Salem's Lot-esque vampires. Actual to actual vampires. Yes. Okay, because that's, that's basically the, the impression you get from them, is that at any moment some do 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 type music should be playing. Oh, and yeah, sh- you should get some techno, and Wesley Snipes should show up. Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, they have that fashion sense down to a T. Yes. Where it's like every one of these guys is like, I'm wearing a weird human skin, and then the next step is for me to get some bondage leather going. Yeah, I've got leather and weird piercings and a bunch of, like, Oddly contoured, heavy makeup, and a mohawk. Yeah, and of course I've got these fat Jinko jeans. <laughs> I gotta wear my candy necklaces, bro. Uh, I like that they went from like crazy goth vampires down into just like candy ravers. Just candy. That's how much better would it have been, though? How much better would Blade have because, been if it was just candy ravers? Because this is a, sp- a scene where the the person that we're like, is that a famous person? And it actually is, because it's Jackie Earl Haley is the leader of these vampire men. And I was like, wait a minute, is that Joey Pants? <laughs> nope, it's Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> and there he is, but he's not a vampire, he's a rat man. Yeah. And unfortunately, he is not forced to dress in a cat in the hat top and... Uh, <laughs> A whole bunch of pacifiers. No, that would have that, that would have been aces. <laughs> like, hey, Jackie Riley, put this on. He's like, oh god damn it, Ugh, you sons of bitches! I hate everything. Why did I ever come back to acting? <laughs> I got to play Rorschach. Damn it! And they're like, yeah, hey, that's a okay. Here, where are these leg warmers? Hey, you ever wanted to dress up like the Mad Hatter? Sure, you have. <laughs> Hey, how threatening can you be with glow sticks? Let's see. Let's do some screen tests. <laughs> let's uh, let's test this out a bit. How much of a glow stick ninja would you say you are? Hey, what's your preferred BPM? Are you in the 100 to 120 range? <laughs> you like your square pusher, or do you want to do something more of a gabber vibe? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So they, uh, they take Jake through a portal in uh, a restaurant that has a bunch of bad guys. Mm-hmm. And so Roland has to kill an entire restaurant full of bad guys. Yes, they take Jake through back to the other. Oh, it's because the man in black manages to catch him. Yeah. Uh, he manages to catch him. And then, yeah, he has the Wesley Snipes kill a bunch of bad guys in a room moment. Yep. Uh, where he just kills like a, a thousand vampires using his super gun techniques. Yep. Oh, this is also after he robs a gun store. Yeah, which is also something that happens in one of the books. <laughs> sure. Of course it is. He needs a million 45 caliber. Luckily, his self-homemade personal guns are 45 calibers. Oh, well, yeah. They are. They also have writing on the side of them, I noticed. Yes, indeed. Okay, good. I, I, I was worried that they just managed to get a couple of guns, and they were like, let's use these. Eh, that's good. It's, it says, to Jim with love? What the fuck? Well, you see... The man in black's guns say Desert Eagle .50 down the side, where his guns, unfortunately, say Replica. (laughs) God damn it. All right. Uh, So, yeah, he kills his way through a whole bunch of dudes. Uh, Jake is strapped into the machine that's supposed to shoot the beam that'll bring down the Dark Tower, but he's using his shine powers to not do that. Yeah, he has a little bit more control over his power than most of the just rando kids they're throwing in there. Yes. So he can kind of keep it in check, but he's also like communicating with Roland. And, and keeping the door, the portal open. Yeah, he's using his powers to make sure the portal doesn't close so Roland could also maybe come through. Yeah, so he has a lot, a lot, lots and lots of powers. And eventually the man in black just sort of walks back through the portal from Midworld to Keystone to kill Roland himself. He's like, yo, this is our, our showdown. You wanted to fight me? Let's fucking go. Yeah, and he's like, and it doesn't even matter if you kill me because I'm the portal's going to close behind me and that kid's going to shoot and this is just as good a place to die as any. I don't care where we are. <laughs> he's like, yo, uh, it doesn't matter what happens. 
happens here. Yeah, and everyone's so, dead. And so they have gun versus sorcery fight, uh, and sorcery wins. Sorcery, sorcery man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you can tell it's an alternate universe because in this universe it's still called Constantinople. <laughs> All they might be giants references from here on out, folks. Uh, I no, okay. So they have a cool fight where uh, the man in black uses rocks to block bullets for a long time, and then summons a bunch of broken glass and starts flinging that at him. And oh, it's, yeah. it's all very cool. And then uh, basically at the very end, he manages to defeat the man in black by using getting some, the the creed in his head again. Yeah, the, he has to so the fourth time we've heard this gunslinger creed. The, the gunslinger creed happens again and then he shoots a bullet and shoots a second bullet at that bullet to cause the the first bullet to bend in a weird way su- such that it manages to hit the man in black who who would block where the bullet would have been if he hadn't hit it with the other bullet. Yeah, it's he was going to go catch the bullet but then he shot the bullet to knock it into a different direction so he couldn't catch it. I was going to make a joke about curving the bullets but no one in the world remembers the name of that movie. It's uh it's wanted. It's wanted. That's what it was. I w- yeah. you're right, John. I am in want of the name of that movie. <laughs> yes, I do. I it is wanted for it me. It is wanted by me. I want the name of that movie. <laughs> do, do you have it? It's the one where Angelina Jolie looks like she might be naked according to the trailers, but she's not. Is that the one where Shia LaBeouf makes bullets bend? <laughs> I think it's the one where a whole bunch of people are like bullet benders, yeah. Yeah, they've got bullet benders. <laughs> And they keep bending bullet bill. Yeah, yeah no, it's- no, and then, and then they keep drinking and then telling people to bite their shiny metal ass. Bullet benders. <laughs> He's drinking bullet bourbon. <laughs> I, I, There's bullet. They've got a great chase scene. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, I'm bullish on bullet bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bull Durham. <laughs> Christ, what are we doing? He shoots his bullet and then he shoots another bullet at that bullet. And then that bullet manages to hit the man in black, and like then in the heart, in and the then heart, he shoots him in the head. Just shoots him a bunch after that, and then he falls through the portal, uh, and then he shoots the machine that is currently holding Jake. Yes, and then Jake gets out, and then everyone w- they win. Uh, the earthquake stop, and they're standing out on the street, and Jake's parents are both dead. Yep, and and he the. Uh, the gunslinger's like, hey, why don't you come with me and be my cool gunslinger sidekick? And he's like, fuck yeah, dude. He's like, hell yeah. By the way, can I ride you while we scare some nearby bullies? <laughs> yeah! yeah! <laughs> the never-ending story. <laughs> I'm a luck gunslinger, kid. <laughs> I'm a luck slinger. Climb on my back. <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho. Oh, that's what happens. Yeah, that's how the movie ends. One hundred percent guaranteed. <laughs> we didn't stay for it. Yeah, we left like two minutes before it ended. So there you go. <laughs> so Jake names the child like Empress, and uh, <laughs> over and uh, and then uh, Artax gets to come back to life, which is real boon to Atreyu, and everyone's happy. The Everyone's end. super happy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we don't get a lot of the stuff from the books. Uh, in the amusement park, we see a little uh, train that is a reference to Blaine, which if anyone has read the books, will be like, ah, I get that, which were, you don't. Were there any other uh, references to other King properties that you caught? I, the only other thing I really caught was uh, that there was a, a soda machine in the back of one of the shots, which I'm pretty sure is supposed to be a reference to Maximum Overdrive, uh, and that there the word the uh, restaurant was called King's Chinese Import. Yes. Uh other movies I didn't quite catch. Okay. Uh, there was a bunch more references to other things in the books, but uh, not so much other Stephen King properties. All right, fair enough. So, yeah, uh, but we didn't get a whole bunch of the stuff, but this is sort of a 
like you were mentioning with the Star Trek thing, it's kind of a rebooted continuity. So if they make either a series or another movie or anything like that. Uh, from what I've read, it's not doing especially well, but it was number one at the box office. I think it's going to come down to the international market Yeah, if they do another one of these. And I think I think I heard they had already greenlit a show for it. Yeah, they're supposed to, but they're also backing off from that now. Eh. So who knows? Who knows indeed? Yeah. So who knows if we'll ever actually get Eddie or Susanna or Detta or Oi or any of the other characters. Is it, wouldn't, I mean, I don't even, I've never read these books and I know that Detta would be a huge minefield to do. Yeah, it would. That's why I think they were like, you know what, we're just not even going to deal with that because that's, uh, that, that's, that's some, some issues to, to deal with. Yeah, and it's not like Stephen King is the right ambassador to bring that kind of story to the to the masses. So no, so uh, there you go. There's <laughs> there's the Dark Tower favorites and least favorites. Here we come. All right, so Jeff, give me your number one draft pick. What was the best thing for this movie? Uh, uh, Idris Elba performing in the fish out of water sequence. The part where he's like, "Here's a silver piece for your trouble," because he is playing dead serious 100 percent and overall i'd say the best performance in the movie is matthew mcconaughey's man in black it's a very good performance of the man in black it's a neat it's he does a great job yeah um but i love that one scene of idris elba i've i've thought for a long time knowing nothing about this series that i was still super excited to see it because i wanted to see idris elba as a gunslinging superhero yeah so that casting and then that performance in that scene was fantastic okay what was your favorite thing uh, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say McConaughey's Man in Black, but very specifically, I'm going to go with the uh, the scene where he visits Jake's parents. Oh, yeah, and he's like... He, he, he just, like, makes the dad stop breathing immediately, but when they show up, he's just cooking. I loved that scene, because they come in and he's cooking, and he's like, yeah, I hope you don't mind that I let myself in. We ain't got chicken on my world. Anyway, and the, <laughs> the dad's like... What the fuck are you doing? He's like, okay, first off, stop breathing. Well, he doesn't even kill him. First, he has to insult him. He has to be like, hey, I understand. You're the one who brought me here. You want to get rid of that boy so you can have all her love, but you're always going to be a second stringer, Lon. And then he like slams the knife down real hard. Oh, yeah. That he, was a great scene of him being a huge douche. Yeah, he is always very in control in all of his scenes. Uh, this very calm, self-assured, powerful evil character yeah and his portrayal of the man in black is very well done from what it was in the books yeah and he doesn't he doesn't even specifically tell the mom to kill herself no he just says it's your fault the kid ran away shame on you and then and then you know that she basically burns herself alive as a result yeah it's uh it's it's a real good scene that whole entire scene right yeah no it was fantastic uh so let's go into the worst worst part of the movie uh, I'm gonna say the lack of development for the vampire characters. They well, get introduced. Rat men. Uh, the rat men characters. Fine. Yeah. I now that I know they're supposed to be vampires, I'm even more disappointed. Yeah. Come on. If there's rat men and vampires, that's two cool things to put them both in your movie. Oh yeah. There's there's a shitload of that in the books. So. You didn't see fucking Harry Potter combining the hair, the uh, house elves and the goblins. <laughs> it's expedient. Let's just combine them. It saves us some time. No, fucking throw them both in there. That's rad as hell. Well, you. They also missed out on literally one of the characters from Salem's Lot is in the Dark Tower as a main character. <laughs> so <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. This just makes me want there to, to, for there to be a Michael Crichton expanded universe as well, so all the dinosaurs could get the Andromeda strain. <laughs> yeah, all those dinosaurs start running around in the Congo and fight white gorillas or some shit. <laughs> Several of them are going crazy miles underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, this spaceship was piloted to Earth by dinosaurs. What? 
Okay, uh, so yeah, I'm going to say my least favorite thing is the lack of development of the villains that were supposed to exist. We get a lot of time with Franz Drama and not Cara Delevingne, and we're like, who are these people? <laughs> who even cares? Why are we? Why does he need these weird henchmen? Yeah. <laughs> uh... So that's my least favorite. I, I, I mostly thing is this movie kind of fl- flew past. It was so short, and I was kind of like, it was generally entertaining. There was always something happening on screen that was fun to look at. Yeah. So I've got, I don't really have a real strong one moment of problem complaint. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I mean, again, I don't really have a, like, a singular moment where I go, man, this was weak. Yeah. Uh, mostly it's just, I mentioned this in the very beginning of it, that entire third act is oh, it's, so rushed. Yeah, it's, it's like a slideshow. Because... They, I mean, they spend a decent amount of time sort of explaining the world, building Jake, building Roland. You get enough time with these characters. You understand what's going on with the man in black. But as soon as they get to that third act, they're like, all right, we have got to end this. So let's just go, go, go. Yeah. And I feel like th- this could have been easily two hours and spent a little bit more time on everything yeah the the scene at the end where he goes through and kills like a thousand vampire rats is should have been cool it has a scene of him like getting stuck behind a pillar and going like i can't win against all these guys oh wait a minute yes i can anyway hold on i I forgot i forgot to have optimism (laughs) i forgot the face of my father and then he just comes around and just kills them all yep like it's nothing it's uh yeah it's it's very rushed at the end there yeah so that's that's my main problem. Let's let's give it a rating. We'll do it both one to five, given the rating uh, out for, of ten. I, I want to make it clear that it's zero to I'll five. I mean, technically it's zero to five, but whatever. I'm giving it a zero, so <laughs> yeah, I think sure it's, I think that's important. <laughs> <laughs> this lacked several of the important characters that I have come to know and love through my many readings of the Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah where course. was uh, uh, Etta? <laughs> Where was Etta Candy, the beloved uh, sidekick to Wonder Woman, who I understand is in these books? Yeah, obviously. No, this is getting a three. It's a perfectly fine Sunday afternoon movie. It wasn't amazing. I'm not going to remember anything from it, but I didn't hate it. In fact, three and a half. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half as well. As uh, someone who's read the books, it's slightly disappointing for mm-hmm. some aspects, but they really did hit uh, the characterizations very well. Yeah. So that I really liked. The little Easter eggs are fun, but uh, it's it's one of those movies that I'm like, I'm giving it this rating, hoping that they do more. If this is all they ever did, it was just like, here you go. This is the Dark Tower. Nothing else. You don't get to see any more. I would be slightly more disappointed. <laughs> Fair enough. There are movies out there like that. Remember when they made that oversee under? They made that uh, the Seeker. And it was supposed to be the whole Oversea Understone uh, movies about like a kid who has magic rocks and stuff like that. There's like a whole bunch of books. Yeah. And they made the one movie where they made the kid American so we could skateboard in it. <laughs> and they're like, we're going to get like all of these made. No, you're not. Not if you make it like that. No. I mean, what was it? City of Bones or something like that? Uh, Golden Compass is another one where they were like, we've got oh, huge yeah. young adult plans for this. No one likes this. No, you fucked it up. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. I always love seeing movies like that that are like the obvious beginning of a huge trilogy and then just nothing. Yeah. So we'll see. But for now, we've got a 6 out of 10 for this. Uh, Pretty, or 7 out of 10, sorry. So pretty good. You know, it's definitely not going to be something where if you go see it in theaters, you're like, oh man, I wasted my money. That was terrible. Yeah, no, you'll be fine. It was fine. Yep. Uh, So there you go. There's the Dark Tower. Not bad. Yep. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us for this uh, movie mastery in theaters now. 
We will, of course, be back in a couple of weeks with another one. If you want to suggest movies for us to see, you can go on to uh, reddit.com slash r slash system mastery. That's where we've got our big list. When we're not doing anything in theaters, we are getting our stuff from the big list. We roll randomly. Don't know what we're going to see until we go to see it. So if you want to get your suggestions on there, we might just be watching it. You never know. You never do know. And uh, if you want to support us, unless you, like you send us do, like ten dollars, then you know for sure. Well, if you want to do that, you can go to our Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Well, there's, there's still a way that the Patreon generates a guaranteed choice on the big movie. You can go ahead we, and we'll send us a hundred dollars, and we will one hundred percent guarantee you that we will watch whatever you suggest next. That is true. I, I, I don't want to say that that's that's officially part of the rules, but it is something that would happen. <laughs> it is definitely true. But if you want to support us, you like what we do, just Go help us out on Patreon, or you can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. Let people know that we're out there. That way we can grow and do a little bit more with the show. Sure. And, uh, of course, we've got all of our other shows out right now, everything under the System Mastery umbrella. We've got our System Mastery show. we got this show. we got Expounded Universe talking about those Star Wars novels. So far, just the one, but boy, is it ever a doozy. It is some of the best stuff we've done. But we do want to thank you so much for joining us, and until next time, you have a good one.